Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. Today, we have another anonymous guest. This is anonymous bootcamp guest number four. And so we will not be introducing this individual. We will just get right into the conversation of um, why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing a scene? All right. Well, I think it's important to cause a scene um, because if you don't cause a scene about the issues that are important to you, then um, nothing ever gets fixed. Nothing ever gets better. Um, the status quo continues as it is. And that's just not acceptable to me. Um, uh, and the way that I'm causing a scene is by speaking out. Um, for a long time, I was uncomfortable doing so. I didn't feel like I was in a stable position to do so. Um, and now that I, I feel more confident in myself and in my position in life, uh, I'd like to help people make decisions that um, you know I, I couldn't help myself make a few months or a year ago. So um, we're going to start um, with you just telling your story. So, and then we'll go from there. So share whatever about your experience that you want to share. And as I say, we'll go from there. All right. Um, so I went to Holberton School. I have finished what they call the foundational year, um, which is a nine-month period where you do three months of C, uh, another three months of Python, and then three months after that of what they call SRE slash DevOps stuff. Um, I started Holberton um, almost a year ago, I think. Or, yeah, more than a year ago uh, is when I started. Um, it was tough. While I was in the program, I really felt like I was, you know, getting some things out of it that I, I wouldn't have been able to do on my own self-study. Um, but as it progressed, as it went on, I saw more and more that the ideals they espouse of diversity and inclusion um, were a facade, basically. Um, nothing was being put into action in the ways that, um, you know, I, I wanted them to. Uh, <laughs> There are, there are so many things going through my mind right now, and I'm trying to, like, just pick any any one incident. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, just tell this. I mean, just just take a breath. And and um, first of all, I want to make sure I understand this, because this is the boot camp that's 85K, right? Yes, it, it can be up to 85K, something they make sure to tell you. Okay, because I need to know how we get up to 85K on a boot camp. But okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to give you a t- some time to breathe, and I want to say you said something that I've heard the other one say in the beginning, it seemed like it was like the thing, best choice and ads or an uh, an appropriate choice for you. But as time goes on, it reveals itself to be something else or lacking in the things that it espoused to be. Yes. Um, This is, I just wanted to hold on just a second because I just want to say this because this is the common thing that I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Um, those beginning things, particularly those beginning steps where if they have a 
a um a grace period everything feels fine within the grace period time like the beginning of this thing it's when you get past the grace period or if they don't have it when you get really into where you with these um income revenues um sharing agreements where you get to a point where you're locked Mm -hmm. in is when all hell breaks loose when things aren't what they seem to be yes and that's I, i would say for most of my cohort that was exactly how it was i i think i drank the kool-aid like a little longer than that because i basically was like an ideal student i already had a little bit of technical background um so i came in not you know not knowing how to code but not exactly being scared of a computer either um and and so for me it was okay stop stop yeah. stop, stop are you telling me there are people in your cohort who were had never done anything with coding yes that's correct. There are plenty of people who went straight from whatever they do, they were doing before that had nothing to do with computers and came to this coding bootcamp. Um, I'm not sure what motivated those decisions, um, but that that's just the way it was for a, a, a good portion of my cohort and other cohorts. So you have people who are coming to a coding bootcamp who don't even know what variables are. Uh, yeah, that's correct. And is there was there any pre-work to help them prepare for that that you received i'm not even gonna talk let's not talk about them was there in your pre-work that if you did not know what a variable was when you walked in the door mm-hmm. well you say you didn't have any coding background either so was there it was there anything given to you beforehand um <laughs> to help you assess whether this was going to be a, 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 a um an investment that was worth it or and or were, were you told that you don't need to know anything because we're going to teach you everything that you need to know? We were told um, that although we didn't need to know anything um, because we were going to be taught everything we needed to know, um, we were told before we came um, to read uh, a book. I think it's like Head Start on C or something like that. Uh, one of one of the intro books to the, the C programming language. Um, we were told to read that book and try to do the exercises in the book. Um, now that worked well enough for people who got accepted months before the program actually started. But uh, for a lot of my cohort, um, they didn't get accepted until a month before, two weeks before the week of class starting. So I'm not really sure what support systems they got. And then when we got into um, the school, um, I mean, I guess we got some some help, you know, figuring out like what's a variable and, you know, how do you do a loop and things like that. Um, but it was very like, you know, here's here's some links that explain this thing. Figure it out yourself and do this. Hold the fuck up. So, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because so, no, I, I need to back up. I need to back up because I need to know where. So I need to digress here. Everybody listen, because I need to know. How do we get to $85,000? So does $85,000 include I, I, I actually teach you? Or at $50,000, um, I give you some links? Or at $20,000, it's all on you? And I, I, what, where, I, I need to understand this. Because as an educator, I don't understand why I'm paying any money for the same shit I could get online for free. So... Yeah, so what the school says is that what you're paying for is the model and the accountability. So the whole thing that they say is that it's teaching you how to learn because in a work environment, you would not have somebody teaching you how to, how to, you know, 
to do whatever in whatever language that you need to spin up in. They just tell you, go read the documentation oh and figure it out. Which, oh which is, you know, that approach works for some people, as evidenced by the fact that some people get through the program just fine. But it does not work for, I want to say, the majority of people. That's not how learning works, though. That, I mean, that is, that's an approach when you know something. And this is how you go from how do you how do you take the learning you've learned in this domain and use it in another domain or to extend learning to another domain? You do not tell a person who does not know their ABCs that you're going to be able to be, write paragraphs and essays, but I'm not going to help you learn your ABCs. So even though there are people, and see, this is how these, these things, this is, oh, this is my problem, because there are always going to be people who are successful at anything because that's whatever it is, is their learning style or how they, they do it. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to guess that the people who were most successful at this had some kind of technical or technology background already. They did not, they weren't the variable, not, not knowing anything about variable people. And if they were, it is because they, how, whatever links or whatever, Mm-hmm. work with their style that's not the majority and that is why this whole shit pisses me off about these boot camps is because they treat everybody the same all the curriculum is the same but the, but the, and, and so now I got to digress again because I still want to get to this how is how is this how is self-directed learning worth $85,000 that's one thing but you now have how they set that up and how you just said that create an environment where as a school, I'm not held accountable because I told you this is how this is going to be in the first place. And if students fail, that's the students failing because they couldn't figure this out and not that we have done absolutely nothing to assist them in becoming successful. Yeah. And that's exactly my problem that I have with the school um, because you know, the, what they say on the website um, is that, you know, that they'll help you out, that there's mentors on staff and that there's, there's staff members who are there to help the people who don't naturally learn like that. Um, but I never, I've never seen any evidence of that. I've never seen that staff members are there ready and willing to like teach an impromptu class if they need to about something that everyone's getting confused about. It's always just, you know, do your peer learning day and and figure it out with your classmates and they should be able to help you. It's just, that's not enough. Okay, wait, stop, stop. Okay, so, okay, goddamn. Okay, so all this is online? It's not online. It's it's actually... So it's in person. It's very in person to the point that it's a detriment um, to some students. Uh, okay, okay, so it's in person. And I want to get to that too. So it's in person and there's, it's just a group of people in, in a room who are all learning. There's no instructor there? There's no instructor. Um, we're not even all in the same room usually. It's a, it's a big, big-ish building, two floors. Um, uh, you know, we all come in. Uh, so here's how it works. We get a project. We get a, we get a schedule for the week. You only get it a week in advance. You have your peer learning days and your project days. Project days, you can be on campus or off campus, but you have to complete your, the tasks in your project um, and submit it for the checker. Um, on peer learning days are the days when you must be on campus. You come into school to go over the project that you had just done the days previous um, with your classmates and you're supposed to go through every task and every project. Whoa, 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 whoa. With your classmates? Yes, with your classmates. There is, recently, they have started having one staff member always there for those days 
that is supposed to keep things on track and answer questions. Okay, so this is, oh my God. I, I, oh my God, this is not how adult learning, this is not how learning works. Oh, okay, so you're, t- <laughs> so there's nobody in the room, I don't care about what they have now. When you were there, there was no person who was considered a subject matter expert or instructor in the room to evaluate the projects and to see where people were going off the rails, where people were doing right so we could scale that so everybody understood. There was none of that. No, there, we submitted the way our projects are graded are through an automated checker system. Um, the person who wrote that checker, I'll freely say he's a great engineer, but he can't be everywhere at once um, following the progress of all however many hundred students that are in the building. Um, so by the end of it, it came down to that he was the only person whose opinion I would trust on staff about code. And I, I didn't feel like if I asked another staff member that they would necessarily be giving me the right answer for things. So it was always a lot of like struggling to Google. Okay, so yeah. what, okay, now I'm going to go back. Uh, uh, excuse me. I, I need to apologize to everybody because I know I'm all over the place on this because she just this, this keeps saying stuff to me that's just blowing my mind. So now I need to go back to... How many people were in your in your room, in your cohort? Um, we started out with about 45 and ended with under 30. Okay, so um, 45 times 85K uh, 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 equals $3,825,000 per cohort. And you couldn't get a teacher? And that's just one cohort because there are other cohorts going on in the building. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, I think the I think the schedule is like every three-ish months or three cohorts per year, something like that. So multiply that by three. Okay, so can then at this point I need to know the breakdown of how we get to eighty-five because you said it's not it's up two. So tell me break down to me because I'm, I'm I have too many gaps in my brain. So tell me how we get to eighty-five thousand. So the way the ISA works is um, as soon as you step foot in the school building you start to um, owe back percentages of the ISA. and So you don't have a grace period at this school? You, actually, you do have a grace period, maybe. Okay. Because I've asked you know, people from cohorts after mine and few from cohorts before mine, and everyone has different terms in terms of like how long the grace period is and what, what percentages you owe back at what points in time. Um, but for me, it was something like you have a 30-day grace period uh, if you drop out before that, you don't owe anything. And then after that, it's from 30 days to three months, you owe a percentage, um, you know, like a prorated percentage of your ISA. And then when you hit the three-month mark, you're fully vested and you owe all the 17%. Okay, so it was grace period, 30 up to 30 days, 30 days to three months. What's, what was the percentage there? It's like, you know, 2% at uh, uh, 30 days and seven days or something like that. And then, uh, you know, Five percent, ten percent, all the way up to the full hundred. Also, every week it just goes up. Yeah, yeah. It's basically like they're trying to. They attempted to prorate the the seventeen percent of the ISA uh, across the, the from the thirty days to the three month mark. Until so you got to the seventeen percent, which is at three months. So the again, the grace period is that pl- that spot that where you wouldn't have any complaints as a new student because you think everything's rocking and rolling and everything's good. Yeah, mostly. I mean, for most people, a lot of people, they, they saw the light early on and, they, you know, they were the, the lucky ones who decided to go, so, go as well for their education before they, um, they really got screwed over. 
Um, and the rest of us were staying. So wh- why did you stay? Why why were the why did the bills go off for them and they either went off for you and you ignored them or they didn't go off for you? Um, I think it was because I already had a little bit of technical background, so I, I had a little bit of a leg up on them, and I was doing better um, at that point in the program than they were. And that's not to say that I ever really <clears throat> did badly at any point during the program, um, but I, I couldn't see so without the without the impetus of a failing grade, I, I couldn't see all of the rest of the stuff that was going on around me. Um, because the curriculum had nothing to evaluate against. <laughs> yeah. The curriculum is one thing. The curriculum, you know, it, it worked for me and like five other people and that's great and that's whatever. But my real problem with the school personally was the way they treat the students. Everyone in the hashtag called the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascenes.com. Okay, so you said five of you could understand the curriculum. I mean, that was a little bit of, a, of an exaggeration. You know, more people than that understood it, you know, got through the program. You know, 30 of us or so finished the foundational year. But I'm not sure how well all of us can apply the things that we learned. That's exactly. <laughs> that's another, that's, that's the thing. Getting through curriculum and being able to apply what you've learned in real, uh, in real life. Um, and it's so interesting how they set that up as if this is, oh, this is how it works in real life. You are given something and you just have to figure it out. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> there's so much guidance. Um, even as a new, as, even as a seasoned developer, no one is, pro- is going to be probably I mean, holding your hand on how to develop, but there needs to be conversations about how does this fit into the business plan? What the, the, all these other things. And so the fact that for $85,000 uh, for people who complete this program to have had no, that's not how the real world works. That's not how learning works. Okay, so is there, before we segue, because I, 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 I'm holding my breath up to get into this section about how they treat people. So I just want to make sure we clear up all the logistics of how this, I just want to make sure people understand mm-hmm. that this was a nine-month program. Um, it's technically two years. Technically. Okay, explain that. So the, nine, the first nine months is called the foundational year. And then at least when I started, you were supposed to do a six-month internship after that or have a six-month break period, whatever you, you prefer, and then another nine months of a specialization track. Um, the specialization tracks, to my knowledge, are almost all um, materials that have been outsourced and written by some developers somewhere, we don't know who, or they've been written by previous students. And those students, I know them, I know they're doing their best, but... I don't know how I can feel good as a student going to take a course about machine learning or AR VR or SRE DevOps or WebStack or any of those things if I know that that was written by someone who was in my place a year ago, six months ago, mm-hmm. three months ago. 
So again, $85,000, there's no instructor. There's no person writing these curriculums that has any idea about learning styles, teaching theory, learning theory, any of that. These are just folks. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, nobody on staff has an education background. Okay. Oh, good God almighty. Okay, so you got through your foundational year. Um, You said 30 of, of the 40 got through your foundational year. That's not a bad ratio. Okay. Um, it's not great, but um, mm, okay. So you have self, self-directed self learning the whole time. Did you take, did you opt for the six month off or the internship? I was lucky enough to get an internship. Um, I secured one before the foundational year was over. Uh, and then I went straight into it after that. So you got hired by whoever, um, for, by your your internship employer? Yes. Okay. And then were, was that internship that you um, secured, was, did this school help you gain that or help you facilitate that? Or were they a bridge to that relationship or this is something you did on your own? It's something I did on my own. Uh, we were actually actively, incur- actively discouraged from applying for things before our foundational year was over. I was one of the people who bucked the trend. Okay. So the fact that you took the initiative to get your own internship that was... Um, outside of this school thing, you still have to pay money back. Yeah. Because and you won't even, you're not even planning on finishing the two years because you already have a job, right? Um, so the, the, the ISA kicks in a month after you start, uh, a month after your first paycheck, I think. So they give, it's like a month grace period and then you start paying back the 17%. And what is the um, minimum that you have to make to start? Do they have a, a minimum that if you don't work this, then you don't get it back? Or is there not a, is there a minimum? So yeah, the minimum to be making to start paying back is $40,000 a year. Shit, that's a lot of money. Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. That that's the minimum salary that you're. That's what I'm saying. Uh, that, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Because other places are. Oh wow, that's a lot. Okay. All right. So the mm-hmm. minimum you. Seventeen so percent of that is. is yes, a that's what I'm yeah. like. That's a huge fucking chunk of money. Okay. Um. Mm, and is there? And how long is it? Is it until the eighty-five is paid off, or is there like a you do this for three years or? Yeah, it's three and a half years, uh, forty-two months. Um. Uh, and it's just that for that time period, however much you end up paying. So if you hit the 85K before that's up, then that you stop there. But it's either three and a half years or the 85K, whichever comes sooner. And the fact that you didn't fin- finish the program, you still have a year and a half. You still have to pay 85000 because you finished the first, because you passed that first three months. Yeah, that's correct. Wow. See, uh, this is another reason that people, it's, this is bullshit, because if I decide to drop out of school, I don't pay for a degree. I don't pay for the, if it's a four-year degree, I don't pay for, if I dropped out after my sophomore year, I don't pay two extra years because I was, I committed to to a four-year degree. Yeah, I, I've heard some rumors about cohorts before mine that were able to waive like half of their ISA because they didn't do the second year. And so of course, you know, logically, why would you pay for something you you never participated in? Um, But that's not the case for my cohort and anyone who comes after us. Oh yeah. They were learning from it. They were learning from, uh, and this is why you keep seeing the changes because each cohort is teaching them how to better make this scam work. 
Oh my God. I just, this is so frustrating for me. Um, I guess we can go on and get into how they treat students because I just, there are too many, there are way too many variables <laughs> in this thing and shifting variables <laughs> to, to make any kind of comparison. You can't even compare from cohort to cohort. Mm-hmm. Because they've changed it. Yeah, um, things don't often stay the same between between cohorts. So I want to I want to say I'm going to say all this with the caveat that most of the stuff I'm about to say is usually enacted by like one person on staff who's like the the, the bulldog for the founders, um, and who is I guess willing to to just take all of the the vitriol that the students eventually always have for her, um, and that all the other people on staff. I guess they're just doing their jobs. A lot of them are former students who couldn't get positions elsewhere or really believed in the mission of the school. But what I was saying before about how the school is not online, it's in person, almost to the detriment of some students, is that you have mandatory days where you have to go into school. It's usually three days a week starting out, and then it lessens to like two days a week or one day a week as you go further on. Um, But a lot of students have to work because a lot of people just don't have nine months of living money just stashed away and or don't have the ability to take out loans because the school's not accredited. You can't take out student loans to help you out. Um, a lot of people have to work. Um, they have to work the schedules around the school schedule, and they only have a week in advance in which to do it because the school refuses, refuses to give out the schedule for mandatory days more than a week in advance. They have a tool on the internet that says, oh, you know, you can look up all your mandatory days for that trimester you know, that, that three month period of way far in advance. But I've seen, you know, from personal experience, from looking at other people's that those dates change um, and the school reserves the right to change those dates 24 seven. So why did they give you a reason why this couldn't be standardized that um, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays you're in school? I mean, I don't understand why they can't give you a schedule of what the mandatory dates are. Um, they never give us a reason for it. It's just always where we're, we'll think about um, giving you the schedule up to two weeks in advance or something like that. I mean, because I don't, okay, okay, because I'm gonna stop you again. I'm gonna stop you because I don't understand why they're giving out a schedule as if I work at Popeyes. Yeah, that's exactly how it is. And the people who actually do have shift work jobs, like at Popeyes, exactly. can barely make it work because they don't know what their, they don't know what their work schedule is gonna be until a week in advance, but they also don't know what the school schedule is gonna be until a week in advance. So it makes it extremely difficult. Unless you're unless you're working around the nine nine a.m. to three p.m. window of being in school, you have to plan like that's your every day instead of just oh on these days of the week I'm going to be yeah that makes absolutely no sense it's, it's oh my god this is education this is eighty five thousand dollars and you're treating people and there's nothing wrong with fast food there's nothing wrong with shift work please don't get me that there's something wrong with that but for eighty five thousand dollars I should be you should be making this as convenient for me as possible mm-hmm. and for my success yeah you, you would think that in order for for everyone to have the planning tools necessary to make it to school on the mandatory days they need to make it on you would send the schedule out in advance well i don't understand i, I mean I get you i'm going to negate that cuz i don't understand why in any other co- any other school environment i know that i have class on mondays and tuesdays from 12 to, from 12 to 2 i mean i, I don't get this and that, that's the whole semester they don't just fucking every week change that shit up i'm just like i don't get it why why even do 
if this is an educational environment, why do that? You got me. <laughs> say, you, yeah, exactly. You can say whatever, trying to, th- I don't understand this. Every, uh, I mean, from K to 12, you know when time you need to go to school. Even, I, online classes, you know, if there's a mandate, if it's an online um, synchronous class, you know what the schedule is. When you get the syllabus, when you sign up, that's what you put on the schedule. So this is not like mm-hmm. they're some, they have to make this shit up. It's not like this has never been done before. All right, keep going. Good Lord. So what happens is inevitably people uh, have conflicts and they skip school. And what happens when you skip school is that um, every uh, trimester, you get a certain amount of uh, what they call PTO. And you can use your PTO half day, full day, whatever, um, to not go to your mandatory days, but you only get two as of now. Um, back in my day, we got three, but now it's two um, per trimester. That's every three months. Uh, you have two excused absences. Uh, if you go past those... Stop! Stop! You have two excused absences for a class and there's no <laughs> fucking teacher? They take attendance. Who? Who takes attendance? The the on staff member who is the person walking around. So they have some. They have enough staff to take freaking attendance, but not enough to to instruct the class. Mm-hmm. So they have enough to hold you accountable, but they aren't held accountable for anything. Yeah, basically. Oh, go ahead, I apologize. No problem. So, um, if you miss more than your two excused absences, then your grade is affected. Um, it's. of your grade, the first uh, excused absence, the first absence after you use up your PTO, and then it's compounding interest every time after that. So it goes from 10 to 20 to 30 to, or no, 10 to 20 to 40 to, you know, it just like, it's compounding interest on every absence you take after that. So there have been instances where people fail out of the program because they took too many absences, but their grades and their projects were otherwise fine. And if they fell out of the project, the program, they still have to pay. If they've gone past the 30, the three months, they still have to pay full. That is correct. But they get no support after that. They get no job support. They're not even really welcome in the school building. Um, they're, they're just dismissed from the program unless they decide to repeat whatever trimester they um, got too many absences in. So even so, it, it, it creates a situation where a person can get a total 100% on all of their projects. But if they miss too many uh, mandatory days, they can be failed out, air quotes, um, of, the, of the program and have to repeat that trimester. And even though that student was exemplary, uh, like, you know, in actual fact, they, they must repeat or they just, just nothing. They just don't get anything after that. School will stonewall them and, and not give them any resources to, to help them get a job or anything unless they, you know, shape up and, and do it all, all over again and attend every single mandatory day. Well, see, I'm, I'm, hell, I'm like, what the fuck kind of support are they giving that, that will be valuable? Even if you, if you, even if you did go through that, um, and you can't, I don't want you to speak for that because you were, you didn't use their support because you got, went and did your own mm-hmm. thing. So I don't want you to. Yeah. I mean, I, I know, I know what the outline of, of the support is. And I, you know, I talk, I still talk to my classmates. We're all, we're all very close to each other. The cohorts tend to get really close to each other because it's like a hard environment to be in. Um, so the way that it's called career sprint, um, the way career sprint works is that every week you must turn in a spreadsheet uh, listing all of the positions that you applied for. Um, if you had a reference for those positions, what the names of the companies are, blah, blah, blah. Um, you, you have to, I think it's, you have to apply to five or more a week. 
Um, and if you don't apply to at least five a week, then you don't get any referrals from staff or any positions that they might have uh, knowledge of. Well, all they're doing, I'm going to be honest, all they're doing is taking the stuff that people put on those sheets and creating their own referrals from them. You, you, you're doing their job for them. Yeah. Because it, if there's a position at company A that you apply for, they didn't know about it, you're putting reference information on there. Now the school has that and can share with other people. Yeah, I have no idea what they're doing with that, but that, that sounds as likely as anything else to me. Um, oh, boy, oh, so boy, oh, boy. there's workshops now, I think, that you know you can go to, maybe hosted by former students, maybe hosted by some mentor that they got to come do a workshop. Um, there's weekly check-ins with our career advisor. Uh, we have one now. We did it for a while when I was there. Um, and that's about it. Uh, if you are in Career Sprint and you don't complete that um, spreadsheet of job applications, then after three missed ones, then they tell you that you're either dismissed from school or you have to do some kind of remedial activity, like host a workshop or, uh, I don't know, something something like that. <laughs> so now I got to work. <laughs> I'm an indentured servant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's basically how it is. This is so bad. This is so bad. Okay, so I'm just going to ask the question I always ask because I did. I think I cut you off because this is why did you stay? I stayed because I was because people are going to because people are going to know why. Yeah, I mean, I was the one, one of the people who were doing well. I, I didn't have a problem with the curriculum. I felt like I was learning a lot. I mean, hell, I did learn some things. Like, I mean, I can, I can, I'm passable at C and Python now, and I wasn't before. Ultimately, it got to a point where I didn't, there wasn't anything else I could do with myself. I was already in it. What, 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 what would have been the point of coming here and being on the hook for $85,000 and then leaving and not having even finished the first year of the program? I didn't, I literally didn't have any other mm, place to go. Mm. And you still would have been on the hook for the 85000 Yeah. So I needed to see it through to get what I could out of it. And so the fact that you were able to, you know, you say, you know, uh, C and Python that you didn't know before. I'm, I'm going to give you, uh, uh, and this is all hypothetical and an assumption. If I had said um, anonymous bootcamp guest number four, I'm putting together a group of individuals who want to learn, meet me at this library and we're going to, and th- and here are these resources. Would there be anything different than what you, what you're paying $85,000 for? Mm. Ah. I need to know. I need to know. I, need but, to I mean, know. not really. The, the one difference is that, you know, we had at least some kind of checking of our work with the automated checker and the test cases there, but otherwise not really, not, not really any difference. I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently this work, this push for equity, for minimizing harm, and for prioritizing the most vulnerable is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement 
framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens, strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1, Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. Otherwise, not really. Not, not really any difference. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, so, okay, so I forgot about the test cases. So if I would have even had that in place, if I were had 10 people um, meet, meet at the library, here's the stuff, I'm going to send it to your, your, um, your laptops, I reserve the room for you, send me your work so I can check over it when you're done. No, no difference. This is so infuriating for me. Um, how do they know? How are they getting their money? How are they aware of how much you're making? How do they know? Um, so, so when you sign your ISA contract, you have to give the, the ISA vendor permission to pull your tax returns. Um, and so they'll, they'll audit you if they suspect that you're not paying um, whatever, you know, you're, according to how much you're making. Or if you're not paying at all, then they'll audit you at the end of the year, at the end of the tax year, and um, they'll go after you for the full amount. Well, not the full amount, but they'll, they'll go after you for whatever you didn't pay that year, but also lawyer's fees, um, I believe, is included in that, and late fees. So you are giving these companies access to your tax returns. They are going into your tax returns. And let's say you dropped out of school and you are working not in a technology job at all, but you are working extra shifts. Again, we used the example at Popeyes. You are now a manager at Popeyes and you're making $40,000. You are not in tech. They will now start garnishing your wages based on that. Um, I don't know about wage garnishment, but they'll definitely see you for whatever you didn't pay. Oh my God. Okay, so the other ones we talked about have target people in marginalized communities. Is this, is, does this one do the same type of marketing or? Yes, it does. Um, and every once in a while, there will be a photo shoot or like a commercial shoot at the school. They'll email the students that they think they want to be in the commercials or the photo shoot and tell them, you know, you know, you're an exemplary Holberton student. Why don't you, why don't you come? Um, I was part of one of those. Lots of people were. Um, and when the, the the pictures come out, you can see like who they picked. It's always it's always the, the black students, the women, the the students of other underrepresented minorities who are in the photos. Hardly any of the you know the white guys who are there at the school. And and I, I would say the proportion of white guys at the school is lower than the proportion of white guys in tech in general, but still it's a large proportion of the school that's like white dudes who want to code. Like that's okay, but they don't, they don't represent that in the, the promotional materials. Um, they, they very carefully pick and choose. Um, and I've also heard instances of um, this one particular staff member um, who will uh, occasionally take aside the black women uh, the students and ask them for their opinions about why black women don't get into tech as much and how can what can she do to 
to help black women enroll at Holberton and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Just basically asking for emotional uh, labor. Uh, uh, another thing, I'm not sure if this has anything to do with the actual like actions of staff, but I believe there's only been two black men to have graduated the foundational year in the last like three years that I that I know of. Um, I don't know of any other ones. And are they starting at a higher rate? I mean, are some there... of, there's usually always like one or two per cohort that start. In the last few cohorts, as far as I've seen, they've all dropped out before before graduating. You know, it's 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 upsetting to me personally. Um, but I, I don't know what they can do about that or what how, how what what about the environment is contributing to that? Exactly. But and also what about the environment that is contributing to that that make will make these people believe they don't belong in tech and they'll go back, they'll do something else because it's it's it they you've created such a failure of an environment that and because you're process is about you know this is how it really works in tech if I can't make it here then I can't make it in tech so students have been literally in these words told they don't belong at Holbert who's been told that and have they been let out of their ISA I don't know if they've been let out of their ISA I'm going to keep the gender neutral um, but so as not to expose this person yes um, I was told um, one, one, one of my friends who is still in school pulled me aside and said, I have to tell you what happened the other day. This one particular staff member, same one who keeps coming up. Um, uh, is this the same the staff man? Hold on. Is this the same staff member who is the shield for the owners? Um, uh, but the, that staff member is also supposed to be like the student liaison, um, the person that we're supposed to go to with all of our problems. Okay. Um, the staff member was approached by a student and asked if they could put up a suggestion box like you have like at a Walmart where you write on a piece of paper and put it in the box and it's anonymous and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that person was told, well, if you think that that's necessary, then maybe you don't belong at Holbert. Um, that person dropped out. Mm. I don't know if they've been let out of their ISA. Mm, nothing about this is giving me a headache. Every time I do one of these, these stories get worse. So you're saying you're saddling people with $85,000 in debt and they don't belong there? <laughs> hmm. And they had to self I mean, I could go to any private school <laughs> and get even online classes at the graduate level has an instructor, a professor, somebody there that monitors the space that you can reach out to, send emails to, text, and all these other things. And that's very much self. By the time you get to graduate level, and I'm not talking about master's degree, I'm talking doctorate level, mm -hmm. being self-directed is what we do because it's about research. That makes sense. Yeah. Not, yeah. At the, not at the foundational level. Absolutely no sense. And even then, at that level, there's somebody that's available. You have your committee chair, somebody who guides your learning, who helps you say, hey, that, that you need to rework that thing. And that it's not that it's not, a, it's not going through an automated um, process. That's another problem I have with tech. We try to automate everything and, and to, to our detriment, to our absolute detriment, because nothing about that automation is going to tell you, help explain where you made mistakes in your thinking, where you could, even if you got the, if, even if you got 
let's say, quote unquote, right, how you can optimize for a better solution next time. None of that is in an automated system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. I'm thinking looking at this $3,825,000 every three months. Mm-hmm. Potentially, because if but that's if so. But even with there, because if if only 10 people dropped out, that's still because that means at least 30 got past three months. So they're on the hook for that. Yeah, that's 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 what it is. Um, I I feel like I have so many more stories <laughs> just like somewhere in my brain. And just the sheer volume makes it so it is hard to even pick any mm. out. But. Mm, OK, so. This is what I'll do then. In your final time, your final time with us, tell us what you learned and what you hope. Why are you doing this podcast and what you hope to spare others from? Um, I'm doing this podcast because I wish I had had a, this podcast to listen to before I went to Holberton. Um, I want I want others to not go to Holberton if what they hear here sounds like something they wouldn't pay money for. But also, you know, being in that environment for so long and, you know, even uh, with all the negative stories that I have about it, I did, I did enjoy my time at Holburton. I enjoyed the camaraderie with my classmates and I want to see the school get better. I don't have any hope of them like shutting down at this point. If I can just make them stop and think about what they're doing and change some things for the better, that's, that's really what I want. Cause like, this is part of my life story now. I got to tell people I went to Holberton. I don't want that to be a thing that I can say with pride or at least not with disgust. But for now, if what it takes to get to that point is people saying, I'm not going to Holberton until they fix X, Y, Z thing, then I want that to happen. Don't go to Holberton if what you heard here, um, you know, doesn't jive with what you need from an education model. Well, that's not even an education model. Let me be clear. What you're doing is 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 some kind of flip classroom, self learn, self directed learning thing, and I get it. I I get it. I get it because people are experimenting with this. There's nothing wrong with the self directed learning model. There is no learning model that does not require support, though, and that is that is a thing. And 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 this is where the problems come when you put um, business model over particularly these ISAs over education. Um, this is what I have a problem with, with boot camps. Very few boot camps have instructors or even curriculum designers who understand how, who actually had experience working with students um, and how to create design curriculum that facilitates learning and is not a barrier. So, but even with that, I cannot just I cannot see a justification for a self-directed learning class being eight to five thousand self-directed learning um, since it's two years or whatever. It's not a class um, program being eighty five thousand dollars. I just I just can't. That's what a lot of my cohorts like what we keep repeating to each other. Like maybe we would have gone to Holberton regardless, but not not at this price. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because uh, one of the reasons I, and this is what I say, most people who have seen be successful at boot camps are people who have some kind of tech, technology, technology or engineering background already, and they're going to, to use that whatever time limit to focus so they can level up their skills. So they're not coming in not knowing anything about languages or whatever. And so they use that time, to, and they're also networking. 
Um, they're using that time to get them prepared for, for the workplace. Um, and the fact that there are not enough of those individuals means that now these schools have to use, and I'm going to put schools in quotes because this is not, these are not schools to me. Um, these platforms, these organizations, let's look, call them that, these organizations, um, they're not enough of those people. So then they have to bring out their marketing and sales people to pitch it to everybody as a, as a, uh, as an option, as a good, as a good option for everybody. And there is no such thing as one educational model that's good for everybody. There's no such thing as that. Um, and we see that with K through 12. We see that is, there is no one size fits all. And this has been the most, I thought these other stories were, were they're bad and, and, and they're, they're bad. They were bad. But this is awful. This is, oh my word. I mean, the fact that you don't even have an instructor is like, oh, I'm supposed to do all the, I, don't, I guess I just can't get my brain around that. I'm doing all the work and I'm paying you to do the work, for me to do the work, just so I can be in a space. Is that what I'm paying for? A space and some links? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's basically it. When, like, you know, you brush aside all the, the unnecessary stuff that doesn't actually help you learn, then, yeah, that's, that's what you're getting for. Uh, what, that's what you're paying for. You know, that nice, nice, it's a nice campus. Don't get me wrong, but that, the curriculum is just some links. Yeah, for 300, <laughs> 3 million per cohort, three, almost 44 million per cohort. I'm sure that campus is nice as hell. Yeah. But that doesn't, I mean, I can, again, go get out, get on the local library schedule and book that room three times a week. They have access to the Internet at the library. I will, hey, go do this um, curriculum and um, I'm going to sit here or I'm not. (laughs) But you're not going to have to, but you're not paying for it. I'm just going to give you. And then the whole I can't. And then the, the disgusting is there is no set schedule when there's absolutely no reason for there not to be a set schedule. I need, and the fact that they could not give you a reason as to not, and not only could they not give you a reason as to not yeah. having a set schedule, but they were belligerent in the fact that they, that, that this is what it is and you have to deal with yeah. that. And there are consequences if you don't deal with that. And not just consequences, there are financial consequences if you don't deal with this because we're arbitrarily changing the dates. Um, I mean, I think I summed it up a couple yeah, minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but So what would you like to say in your final words? I just want everybody involved in the situation to, to be better, to do better, to really sit and think about what they're asking students to pay for and what they're asking students to do and see if they would have their children pay for this or do this. You know, I guess, Sylvan and Ju, I'm talking to you if you're listening to this podcast. Really think about so it. I'm gonna air I'm gonna That's be all. the contrarian here because I'm gonna say what you just said is not the issue. It's not that they haven't thought about it. It doesn't fit the business model. The business model is to buy is to get these ISAs. And so this business model is not about education. It is about ISAs. And that's where they're making their money. So um, I very seriously would doubt that your final appeal is something that they have not considered and decided, "Mm, yeah, that's not where we're going. Um, I don't fundamentally see any of these boot camps changing. Um, And that's the good natured part in you because you want to, to, and and the realistic part in me as a business strategist is this is the strategy. 
it's not like they just made a mistake and fell into the strategy. This was a strategy that they that they decided on and and made decisions that this was the best way to go forward. And it was not in the best interest of students or education. It's in the best interest of selling these ISAs. I really wonder if they if they do like the other schools. Um, once you sign them, they bundle them together and sell them as financial instruments. See, that's a, that's right now. They're, they so they do that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but it's sold. It's sold on uh, a marketplace called Edly, E D L Y. Edly, yeah. Yeah. So I'm good. So with, um, with that being said, your appeal is going on deaf ears. Your, they're making money by getting these um, things and bundling them, um, and selling them as financial instruments. They're not. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for your courage. Thank you for naming the thing because this is a, and this is where I don't like net, net, whisper networks, and I understand that people are, are at risk. And it took you to get secure in your position to feel safe enough to 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 call it out by name. So I really want to commend you for that. Um, and this has to stop. We have to do better. We have to prioritize the most vulnerable. And these these business models that are um, predatory, particularly to the most vulnerable. I mean, think about somebody who is already. I mean, think about. Oh my God! I'm going to end this with this. If your day to day job is working at Popeyes, how in the fuck are you going to pay for eighty thousand, eighty five thousand um, dollar? Um, if you get kicked out, you're, you're, I mean, ostensibly you won't be paying because a job at Popeyes doesn't make enough to hit the threshold, but. Yeah, but there are people who have dropped out and gotten, you know, multiple jobs, part-time jobs, and have gotten up to that $40,000 threshold, just barely, and the ISA kicks in, and they're, you know, they're up shit's creek because they have to pay it. There's no way out, um, or no way out that any of us can see, and that's just the end of it. All right, that's all I need to know. Thank you. (laughs) Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCauseTheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Cause the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.